What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Back again here in the heart of Arlington County. Of course, we are broadcasting in beautiful Clarendon on a beautiful October morning for episode 125 and a full crew for this episode. To my right, of course, one co-host, it's Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? Chris, how's your fantasy team doing? <laughs> did did Docs put you to this? No. Not at all? I just, I have a vague idea of the players it's, on your team. Yeah, it's probably the worst fantasy team I've ever had. So yeah. let's move on from that topic. And let's just bring in our other co-host. Uh, to my left, of course, it's Waymy Docs. Docs, what's up? Quick question, Farley. Oh, is it fantasy related? Not answering if so. Just say, what's your question? What's your question? Um, why did you think bringing me into the conversation was going to be a way to <laughs> move true. on from your terrible <laughs> fantasy football team? That's true. You know, the funny thing is, uh, there was a little get together with, uh, some of the Kai Shai folks last night, first Wednesday of every month. Mm-hmm. Don't tell that. All right. Don't, don't let everybody know. I, well, I'm not going to tell them where you, where we go. Uh-huh. I wasn't able to make it, but, uh-huh. um, one of the guys was giving me a hard time about my fantasy team. He enjoys giving me a hard time about my fantasy uh-huh. team. That's the only thing you guys talk about. That's basically it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so you know what, the, you know what, uh, is, is one thing I know that people don't care about is your, your fan- fantasy football, your team. Fantasy football yes, team. I've so, said that for yeah, a long time. I, you know, that's one thing. So we can move on from when, that. When people, when people tell me about how like, Oh, my fantasy football team, my quarterback did this, did this. And I say, you know, um, I tell them, I like, you know, nobody cares about anybody yeah. else's fantasy football team. Especially if you don't even play fantasy football, like, China, yeah, so. Yeah, but I read a football article this morning, so nice. I'm like in the football world. Oh, you probably know more than Farley at this point. <laughs> Did, was it football related or was it, it was the protesting related? No, no, it was news related. It was about Cam Newton's comments oh, to yeah. the female wow. reporter from the Charlotte wow. paper. Yeah, that was pretty. I mean, how clueless is he? Um, but anyways, um, we got a big show to get into. A beautiful uh, show. A beautiful big show to get in. Uh, two today, guys. No, well, you, you were leaning already. heavily on the word beautiful in the introduction. <laughs> Did I say it a couple times? I think it's a beautiful day and beautiful Clarendon. And then yeah. you just said we have uh, a big show. I was like, right. oh, I wish you had said it was a, a beautiful, beautiful show. All right. It is a beautiful show. Episode 125. Excited to be joined by Zach Culberson today. Uh, Zach is a longtime friend of Doc's, but uh, that's not why we're having him on the show. Also, don't hold that against him. <laughs> he is um, the owner of Hartwood Farms and Cold Country Salmon. Uh, he's he's he, he has his own farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 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 had multiple businesses through the years. Has his own farm. Uh, is going to be interesting to talk to him about uh, you know healthy lifestyle, healthy eating, uh, sustainable foods, eating ethically, all that stuff. Uh, so a lot to get into to uh, with Zach today. I'm going to share with him what I ate yesterday. Oh no! <laughs> I want to see what kind of grade he gave gives me. I am not going to tell him what I eat. Yeah. Because uh, for as long as I've known him, uh, he's never had a nice thing to say, say about, about any of my meals. Yeah. I'm going to share what I had. Uh, I, I assume he doesn't make as many trips to 7-Eleven for quick <laughs> meals as I do. He buys canned beans at 7-Eleven just like you. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited to talk to him. I mean, you know, local farmers markets are huge these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he sells at farmers markets. Yes, if that's part of what he does. Okay, well, we'll get into him, uh, get into that with him, uh, because I, I probably should shop more there and less at Seven Eleven. I know. Every time I work a farmers market, I tell you which one it is, and you don't even text <laughs> me back. <laughs> I know. It's usually like a busy Saturday morning for me or something. So. Uh, no offense to you or mm-hmm. Zach. Uh, also on today's program, um, I want to bring up the UVA president, not because he's the new UVA president, because of what he does uh, on the marathon scene, and his mm-hmm. marathon times are super impressive. So I want to talk to you guys about that today. Uh, also, I've got a running-related update on uh, a little bit of a re- revelation I came to this uh, weekend, so I want to discuss that with you guys. Uh I've got a dog update. Mm-hmm. I like a dog how we're, question. I like how we're getting back on track to what makes this show <laughs> yeah. this show. Mm-hmm. Running, dogs, what else do we need? 
stuff well, about me. Well, we need me. some snacks. Is Zach bringing yeah. snacks? He better. Yeah. Stuff about me. I, because this is all about mm. me. But I'm is there going to be a complaining segment? <laughs> yeah, pro- probably, probably. But I won't tease that. Uh, but those are impromptu, <laughs> Joanna. Those <laughs> are not planned. And, and then you know, you guys can chime in on whatever's going on, running related, dog related, if we el- have healthy time. food, Seven Eleven related, football related, whatever it is. Uh, but before I get into that, uh, you know, we've had a lot of awesome guests on this show. Uh, I would love to do an episode at some point, kind of updating our audience you know what our guests where are, are they now to. yeah kind of a where are they now and uh-huh. uh one of the very cool guests is a friend of mine a friend of the show heather hanscom mm-hmm. uh, i went on a run with her today a very inspiring run with her this morning today october 5th as we record is the 25th anniversary of her uh being cancer free so she was a fifth officially cancer free 25 years ago today and so she celebrates it every day with a run but not only a run she likes to make it like a hard run like <laughs> you know like yeah crush your soul type run which yeah. she did to me this morning uh-huh. um, now does she try to crush her own soul or is she just crushing <laughs> no, your soul just me just yeah. me she she she'll call up friends and and you uh-huh. know celebrate this day and uh i guess i was um the lucky or unlucky uh uh, subject who who uh, was was uh, her running partner today, and so we went on a run. And it turned into a tempo run that was uh, very cool, but uh, very inspiring. That she's been uh, cancer free for 25 years. So, um, congratulations to her. She is not someone who really talks about it a lot, which I think makes her story even more awesome. Um, my hope is that she is going to run Marine Corps, uh, the Marine Corps Marathon coming up. And I think after running with her, with her this morning, um, she could be in contention to, uh, to, uh, to, to p- potentially be in that top, top group. Jinx. Yeah, totally jinxed it. <laughs> Maybe she needs to be on the show to uh, make sure she gets that bump. But no, really, really fun to catch up with Heather. And I would love to do a Where Are They Now segment. No, that's a, well, let's just do a whole show. Where, a whole where, show. Uh, so first we'll have to do an Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. that, ha- that lists every guest that we've had. Yep. Uh, and then in, in, that will be in column A Mm -hmm. and then in column B we'll put, where are they now? And then we could just read it and it'll be like a giant list that you'll just, I love that. Is our intern putting this together? (laughs) (laughs) Have we hired enough people yet to, uh, yeah, I think we can. Okay, all we right. So the intern position is open. All right, fantastic. Is it? That breaking news here on the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm also looking for an assistant to the regional manager. Okay, if anyone's interested. Okay, so an in, intern and assistant to the regional manager. Um, so with a lot of like tragedy and you know stuff that's crazy going on, it was really cool to talk to Heather um, and you know share a positive experience with her this morning. Um, Doc's kind of in that uh, same vein of craziness and somewhat mm-hmm. negative stuff going on. Um, I think a lot of folks enjoyed your last week's uh, kind of segment that was uh, an addendum to what we normally do. Uh, that was the first installment of It was of released Doc's, as a bonus episode yeah, of Doc's 2020. And it said segment one. So mm-hmm. can we expect other, <laughs> other segments? Yeah, uh, I think so. Okay. Well, um, as Doc's campaign manager, I think it's important for the people to understand the candidate. Yes. So there will be there will be more opportunities to hear from Doc. All right. Well, how was the feedback uh, from that episode, Doc's? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would say a lot of feedback. It, it was hmm. uh, tracking almost like Ducktales. <laughs> really. Uh, as as far as the feedback. Um, wow. So lot, I mean, has there been anything more <laughs> popular than Ducktales on this show? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, that's, that's what that comment means. A right. lot of people in a lot of other industries might say, oh, that bad. But that's actually a, <laughs> right. a, that's a Pace Nation compliment. Yeah. Um, I, I think people were, were very positive, very, very into it. Um, I, I got a lot of positive uh, reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it, that made me feel good that, that uh, you know, I kind of put myself out there. And, and uh, I think a lot of people were... Uh, thinking mostly along the same lines, and uh, you know, I did talk to uh, one person who who was a, a veteran uh, who said that he didn't think that the flag should be used, and you know, I respect that. I, I respect that opinion. So, uh, I guess there was at least one dissenting 
uh, opinion. Um, but but for the most part, I think that people were were also respectful, which which was pretty cool because that was what I asked for. You know what I liked? Oh, oh I mean, you can argue with your message or be on one side or the other, mm-hmm. and I try to stay pretty down the middle. But what I liked was the passion and mm-hmm. being passionate about something. And I felt like <laughs> there was true passion from you, Docs. Yeah. So we have found something. So this Docs 2020 thing, <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, I loved his, whether it amounts to anything. Uh-huh. I mean, we got something there. Yeah. And also, uh, I think that I did garner some votes. Uh, I so think I think, so. I think we're, we're, you know, I've, I've been talking that, that the momentum was stagnant for several weeks. I think we've got something now. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I agree. So this, this is a reality. I think that, that barbecue with the Golden State Warriors might actually happen now. <laughs> well, it was very passionate. And like I said, I mean, I, I just like, like I'm passionate about the Washington Redskins. And the I, Washington and, you know, football pe- team. People can give me a hard time, but I have true passion. Uh-huh. And I remember one time, Joanna didn't really understand the passion until we were at the Marine Corps Marathon after party. Oh, and right. she saw me. Um, I witnessed Chris watching a game. Upset. And yeah. I think you had an appreciation for my passion. So you share well, what I'm saying, right? I had an appreciation for the comments the docs made about your bad moods <laughs> after games. <laughs> Okay. All right. But I, I felt all right. So maybe it was a misread on my part. You didn't really appreciate my passion and throwing stuff around at the Marine Corps Marathon party. Breaking closet doors. Well, I, 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 maybe it was just that you uh, realized how fanatical I was and you weren't going to give me any more jabs about I think she was scared. Okay, scared maybe. She was like, that closet door (laughs) didn't do anything. But to your point, I think in the movie adaptation, Mm -hmm. um, the main character, I can't think of her name now, says something to the effect of the the guy who's really into orchids. She's like, I wish that I could be that passionate about anything. So I think it's good for people. Orchids? Like the... Flowers, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We have a good buddy who's really into orchids, too. Yeah. Randomly yeah. enough. But, yeah, yeah, I know. that's uh, What movie is that? I'm going to have to send that to him. Adaptation. It's okay. really good. It's okay. a great movie. Okay. But it was a... Pa- no matter what the passion is, maybe people... It's misunderstood by many people. Many people don't appreciate orchids like this person did. Yeah. Or, or our mutual friend. Or our mutual friend. Mm-hmm. But It's good to be passionate about yes, something in life exactly. and not be passive about everything. Exactly. That is really what the point is. The point is mm-hmm. pick some things and be passionate about them. Mm-hmm. Um, Just pick them. You guys. Like Abraham Lincoln said, whatever you are, be a good one. Yes, I like that. That's a great quote. Um, we should get that posterized. <laughs> Let's just do quotes for the rest no. of the episode. <laughs> we'll do a quotes episode and we'll do a, uh, a recap episode. Well, 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 I want to touch on this a little bit later in the show, but mm-hmm. I want you guys to be more passionate about running. I'm feeling a little bit less passion from both of you about running recently because I know you guys both are passionate runners. But we'll touch on that. Maybe I've got Running? a... I don't do that anymore. May, we'll talk about that a little later. Maybe I've got something that... Um, now, it won't, it won't do anything for you. I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> but but I, I, do, I did, did come up with a revelation we'll go over later in the program. All right. All right, guys. Uh, next up, I'm very excited to talk to our next guest, uh, Zach Culberson. He's going to talk about sustainable foods, healthy eating. He's not a nutritionist, but I'm going to ask him, and we're all going to ask him... Uh, you know, questions about what kind of food he thinks would be good for runners, what kind of food he grows in his own farm and sells here locally at farmer's markets. It's Zach Coberson of Heartwood Farms and Cold Country Salmon next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs and Joanna, we are excited to be joined in studio by Zach Culberson. He is of Cold Country Salmon in Hartwood Farm. Zach, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad thanks to be here. For, yeah, well, thanks for coming in studio. I know it's a, a little bit of a haul. For, you're, you're, your farm, you live on a farm in Charlottesville right. or outside Charlottesville? Right, just outside of Charlottesville. You okay. know, hour and 45 minutes okay. to get here, not too far. I know you do some business here, and you've had... A couple of businesses actually here in the area. And my first question for you is, 
I'm born and raised in Arlington. I know you're, you're born and raised in Northern Virginia guy as well. Um, Doc's is shaking his head. Is he not born and raised in? I uh, think he went to high school. We, I know, but he has a, he's a military family. Uh, okay. He's moved But around. you're correct. Right. I was born yeah, I in mean, Northern Virginia. But yeah, okay. But, I mean, raised. if you went to high school, I, th- I feel like you are from <laughs> where you went to high school. Charlie likes to discount the first 14 years of everybody's sure. life. <laughs> I mean, I think it's mostly accurate. I'm I'm going to side with Farley. All right. Thank you. All right. So my question is, now I'm an Arlington County mark. You had a business in Arlington. How could you leave the beautiful Arlington County area and move, you know, out to wherever you moved out to? Well, let's see. Money was part of it. (laughs) Okay. He had his expenses. Selling the business. No, it wasn't that it cost too much. It was just like an opportunity to, you know, sell uh, my first restaurant here and, mm-hmm. and walk away from it. And it feel it's like buying a boat with restaurants. Yeah. Uh, the best days are the day you open and then the day that you sell it. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I can't tell you what a great feeling that is. So Zach um, owned uh, cowboy cafe before he came on. We were just talking about cowboy cafe here in Arlington. A, I mean, that is one of the, one of the restaurants that's been here forever. And not many, you, not many stick that long. That's very kind of you to call it a restaurant. <laughs> and if you go to Cowboy Cafe, you can see a, a mural of uh, Zach's face on the wall. How many people text you pictures of that? I, I don't. I changed my phone number, so <laughs> not too many now. So uh, Cowboy Cafe is in Arlington. It's a. Uh, how would you describe it? It's you, you. You were kind of taking a shot at it as a restaurant, but I mean, there was some good food when you were there. It was really good food. We we did. We yeah. definitely upped the the food um, ante while yep. we were there, uh, and it's still great. I mean, you get great burger there. It's mm-hmm. it's like Arlington's um, sort of community diner. I would call it. You mm-hmm. know, it's not the Silver Diner. But that's more, you know, it's not corporate. It's not a um, chain. So, I don't know. It's been around a long time. People go there when, you know, something big is going on in the world to kind of uh, get that sense of community and talk to each other. And, yeah, we've got great food. Or it had great food. Still does, I'm sure. Haven't been in there in a while. But, um, yeah, that was a big part of my Arlington history. Then I had the catering company for a while. Uh, that was more Falls Church. But mm-hmm. we did a lot of business in Arlington. And uh, and had a small cafe over there too. All right, so you still have love for Arlington, and that's fine. I, I won't you. throw you out. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk to you about some sustainable food, local food, eating ethically, all that. Is Cowboy Cafe where you started really getting into all this stuff? Y- yeah, I would say that definitely planted the seed. Really, it was more of the catering um, arm. When I moved into catering, you do a lot of big events. It's, you do a lot of food, more so than than a little restaurant like Cowboy Cafe. And you start to see, you know, coming in the back door, crates of chicken breasts or crates of tenderloins. And something kind of just like in the back of your head starts to, you know, you start to question, where is all this coming mm-hmm. from? Um, how can this possibly be sustainable? You know, who's raising all these chickens? Um, you know, are they coming from China? Are they being humanely raised? Um, and at that time I was having kids. So you definitely start to get a little bit more concerned about what you're feeding your kids. Um, and that's where I kind of turned a page on looking into it. And when I did, I, you know, I didn't like what I found. And, and, uh, that's when I started thinking about, well, I should start, you know, somewhere small. And I, I, you know, we lived in Prince William County at the time, Mm -hmm. still had businesses over here. So I got chickens for our backyard. We started raising chickens for eggs and then, uh, meat, (laughs) believe it or not, we did a little slaughtering there in our suburban backyard. (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, and in Northern Virginia here, I mean, Prince William County is still, would you say Northern Virginia? That's Northern Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Definitely Northern Virginia. Um, there, there actually is a, a swath of Prince William County where you're allowed to raise backyard chickens. You and you can't to. here in Arlington County. Definitely I, not yeah. legally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not legally. Yeah. Yeah, well, so this, this answers a question for me because I was going to ask how somebody from Arlington could then have a farm in Charlottesville and like know what to do. But I guess this you. Well, anybody could. There's right. a learning curve for right. sure. And, uh, you know, start small. There are tons of people around Charlottesville who move down there. Um, either a to be, you know, just to get away from, um, some aspects of Northern Virginia that they didn't like traffic, um, you know, uh, stressful job situation, whatever. Um, but a lot of people have moved down there because they wanted to dabble in farming and they got a little farm at, and that's essentially what I did. I mean, I took it a little bit more extreme. We have, you know, we immediately started raising pigs, chickens, ducks, turkeys, rabbits, and, you know, we planted an orchard. We have a huge, uh, mark, not market garden, but more of a home garden. Um, so 
we did maybe a little too much too fast, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't regret any of it. And it's definitely been a journey. Um, and I feel like it was the right decision for me and my family and, and what I consider uh, to be good ethical eating. Well, obviously this is a running podcast and we've got a ton of runners who uh, listen to our show who are really interested in staying healthy and, and eating the right food. Um, you know, so for runners, is it more important to eat ethically and you can know, we eat also this? define what yeah. eating ethically means? Yeah, so eating ethically, uh, it, it's going to vary slightly from person to person, but I think generally it means making educated decisions about the food you consume um, based on the impact uh, that producing that food has on your community, the environment, mm -hmm. and um, really if you're a meat eater, the animals involved, you know, were they treated humanely or not. Um, for a vegetarian, it, it might mean not eating meat because you believe meat is unhealthy or that the production of the meat um, is causes too much suffering for the animals. So you can be a, a, a meat eater and be an ethical eater, but you can be a vegetarian and be an ethical uh, eater. You, ju you just have different sort of um, qualifiers for that. But I think generally what it means is lessening your impact on the environment, community, and and animals if you eat meat. So you mentioned that, you know, and obviously, and Zach's a runner too. He's run Ragnar Relays with us. Uh, you ran Ragnar. Your, ran, ran for your, your high school team and at the great uh, West Springfield under uh, legendary coach uh, Vic Kelball uh, and – and then went on to run at the University of Florida. So uh, she's doing the <laughs> – Joanna's doing That's the, Florida State. The appropriate – alligator chomp She was doing State. the appropriate no, no, gator chomp. University of Florida. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. She knows the difference. So, uh, it's a bit, Zach. you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you're, you're having kids and worried about food and worried about what they're putting in their bodies. So I, I tie all that together because as runners, we're always worried about, you know, foods and what we put in our body. You're worried about what you're putting in your kid's body. I'm going to tell you what I ate yesterday, and we'll get into that a little bit <laughs> oh, later. Um, should you know? Should I be worried if I'm not eating these ethical foods? Um, you know, I feel like this is a especially poignant for for Farley here because, from mm -hmm. what I understand from Doc's, his diet used to consist of things entirely bought at Seven Eleven. Yes, we talked. <laughs> we did, funny. So, we talked about that. This is a good one for you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I didn't I prompt him that. I didn't tell <laughs> really? him that before. Yeah. yeah, we talked. No, no, about this was years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really stuck with me because <laughs> I was moving in the opposite direction. Yeah. But um, yeah, so from I, you know, I'm not a nutritionist, so right. I don't want to get too deep into that. Sure. But I can tell you from what I know and what I feel, my own personal experience and what I've read is that um, eating ethical food, locally um, produced food, meaning it wasn't you know picked before it was ripe, it didn't travel a long distance. Typically, that food's going to be more nutritionally dense. That mm -hmm. means you could eat less of it and get more nutrition out of it. Um, obviously, that's going to be great for a runner, um, and then. Also, uh, I, my own personal experience is that I just feel better when I eat right. something that I know was raised ethically and humanely and was given clean food um, and clean drinking water and wasn't totally stressed out like animal-wise when it was uh, processed. And then uh, for me also eating, we, we eat a lot of vegetables, we grow ourselves, but also we have lots of farmers near us that grow stuff that we eat. If I, if I go out to eat or God forbid I have to stop at a fast food place <laughs> uh, like I did the other day... Um, you can be, I, I'm not bad mouthing all fast food. Sure. Reasons. That's not true. But my body responds not kindly to me. <laughs> um, and, and that's having been on a diet that consists almost strictly of stuff. And not everybody can do this, of course, but they can find a farmer who does of stuff that I've raised myself. Um, I, it's hard to go back to eating industrial quality food without feeling it. So that tells me something. It tells me that your body does respond and positively respond to nutritionally dense healthy, you know, humanely raised food. It also just tastes better. Like I feel like the fruit that I get from the farmer's market tastes so much better. It, it should, it, you know, it was picked when it was ripe. Mm -hmm. um, when you, It's like nine times out of 10 when you get a cantaloupe or a watermelon at the grocery store, it's mediocre or terrible, one of the two. And that's because it was picked when it wasn't ripe. Right. And it was transported. They Sometimes they add carbon monoxide to get them to ripen up and transport. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff they do to food to make it last, have a long shelf life, uh, you know, store well, and then transport it to you over long distances um, that aren't nutritionally good for you. Um, you know, it diminishes the food. And then also it just doesn't taste good. Right. Well, I agree with that. I mean, a lot of times I will go to the 
grocery store and we won't name the names of the grocery stores because mm-hmm. they're not sponsors but you'll get a piece of fruit and it just is not good and it's so frustrating because it's super expensive and you're just throwing that stuff out so when i get a pe- when i get food from you i better not be throwing it out i'm, just, <laughs> yeah. I'm, telling you, I'm sure i wouldn't be. uh you mentioned uh sustainable food a few times what I, I, what is the de- i don't even know what what is the definition what do you mean by sustainable okay food? so yeah well again this is another one that it it, it uh, means different things to different people but generally it's food that's grown or raised in such a way that the environment isn't damaged through um you know loss of soil which uh, a lot of people don't know is a finite resource, a very important one. Uh, water pollution, you know, through animal waste or chemicals or soil runoff. Um, and we're not exposing ourselves through our food to harmful substances like um, pesticides, herbicides, mm-hmm. uh, potentially genetically modified crops, of course. I mean, I know everybody's heard all this. Um, and then also, and this is one I don't think a lot of people hear about, is how important it is uh, to diversify what we grow. And uh, unfortunately, you know, economically, it makes more sense for farmers to grow, you know, 90% of what we grow in this country is soy and corn. And, you know, God forbid, there's like some kind of corn blight and we only grow one type of corn or two types of corn or, you know, soy blight or something like that. What and does blight mean? Sorry. That would be like a disease that targets okay. a specific, like the potato famine in Got Arlington. It. I mean, there's numerous examples. There was a potato famine in Arlington? And <laughs> Well, this was Ireland. Oh, Ireland. Yeah. I Arlington, thought he said Arlington. Ireland. Yeah, okay. there's an Arlington there. Okay. And uh, <laughs> there's been examples, and I don't want to get like on yeah. a crazy rant here, sure. of, of civilizations throughout history that failed, you know, great sure. civilizations because they became dependent on one Got crop it. to supply their people. And then, you know, Farley doesn't a- like period pieces. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I'm feeling you here. I like, I, I could go off on a rant. No, here, I, so. I, I like the diversification. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Period pieces. I'm you're right docs, but uh-huh. okay. So yeah. So I would imagine it's probably easiest for a farmer to grow 90% corn. Correct. It's, and it's not just easier but also those are heavily subsidized they know Uh, that i mean through uh, you know uh subsidized fuel it takes a lot of gas and pesticides and herbicides to grow that stuff and then also um they know the government's going to buy it um so uh it it keeps the price at at a level where they can just eke out a profit you know and if they're doing it at a massive scale tens of thousands of acres they make a pretty decent living at it so it's subsidized and then the costs of it are externalized and that means things like pollution and you know um healthcare costs which are you know really high in this country because we've got an obese population yeah. that eats unhealthy food that's super cheap because it's subsidized by the government so there's a lot of of things that we don't even necessarily attribute to this uh, sort of economic model where we only grow two types of of staple crops that can be attributed to it. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll not go down that rabbit hole, but, <laughs> but I guess what I would tell you is when you buy this cheap food at the grocery store, it's kind of an illusion because you're paying that in your taxes, um, you know, possibly with your health. Uh, and you're, the money really doesn't necessarily even go to your local economy. A lot of it's going to go to these mega, you know, global corporations. Um, when you get something local from a farmer, you know, you're helping out your local community for mm. sure. Uh, and if nothing else, you're helping out somebody within a hundred miles of you that is growing something that's better for you. So it's a, it's more of a, um, you know, beneficial relationship for both of you rather than, um, you know, you're getting something cheap, which isn't really good for you. And you're, you're putting money in the pockets of some mega global corporation. Well, I, I love that story, of course, as a local business owner, buying local, super important. Um, and there's farmer's markets kind of every, so everybody has, at least in this area, right. DC, Virginia, Maryland area. I mean, you've got an opportunity to have a, go to a farmer's market pretty much anywhere you are every weekend. Would you say, I mean, they're all, all actually, over the place, right? I mean, during, most days of the week, there's one too. Okay. I know Boston has one here, mm-hmm. I think on Thursdays. There's one Wednesday here in Clarendon. There you yeah. go, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of weekday markets. Um, yeah, going to your local farmer's markets is a great way, I mean, to get food that tastes better, is healthier, um, meet the producer and put a face to, you know, your food. You know, mm-hmm. having a little bit closer tie to what you're eating and what your family's eating, it just makes you feel better about it, just, you know, subconsciously. So yeah. for you, you don't go to big box store x for for do you go to a big chain grocery store for anything oh, yeah, definitely okay yeah i mean my kids eat cereal you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so there are so, things that they yeah that you yeah. obviously have to get at uh, yeah totally I, I i'm not saying you shouldn't 
um, shop at a big box store, just, you know, educate yourself um, and shop intelligently, you know, make informed decisions and know, you know, what you're getting. Yeah, you know, nobody can grow everything um, or raise everything they're going to eat, but they can make ethical decisions, you know, by educating themselves. Um, but but if I wanted to, like, because I have limited land, how, how would I grow my own Captain Crunch? <laughs> <laughs> I would not recommend you grow any. I've seen your yard, Doc. Um, it, I mean, you don't even grow good. grass. It's my, so. my, no, no, no. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, I think DC United and I are negotiating. They're going to practice <laughs> wow. on my front lawn because it's so nice now. Can you grow cra- Captain Crunch? Is well, I'm something? asking him. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. Cap- think. Cap- yeah, you grow corn and, yeah, okay. and probably some soil and some sugar cane and uh, I haven't tried it but Does, uh, how do, about we have a podcast in a year what kind of cereals what kind of cereal I'm assuming not Captain Crunch how old are your kids what kind of cereals are they eating I've got a uh, 10 9 and 7 year old okay and, and yeah I do get some like super granola expensive okay. cereal. no oh, no yeah. it's, oh, yeah. it's okay. not the sugary okay. garbage gotcha. yeah. okay good so when I say cereal I, I am I'm getting a nicer cereal okay good yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I'm 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 all for that. Yeah, I don't think that we want to end up eating Captain Crunch like dogs. Um, I think you could cheat a couple places, but probably not on cereal. I would I wouldn't. We had a, a Captain Crunch French toast at a Cowboy Cafe for brunch. Really? It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I regret it on an ethical level. Now, but it was. Pretty That's good. why you had to sell. Uh, you couldn't you couldn't sleep you couldn't sleep at night. Um, so. We talked beforehand about wild food. I never have heard of this. Can you tell me again the definition? Another thing I haven't heard about in your world. What is the definition of wild food? So wild food is something that grows um, without you know human hands involved, essentially. So for like for me, um, and I know we haven't talked about this yet, but I'm a fisherman as yes, well. You uh, brought some some salmon. We're going to talk about the smoked salmon. I, I you brought, brought some salmon. Here. We're going to eat in studio yeah. today. <laughs> nice. Um, so I, I fish snacks uh, for yes. you know four to six weeks in the summer, and I sell. That's Where what do I do here fish? at the farmers markets. So I'm I'm fishing in Alaska, um, and I'm primarily in Southeast wow. now, which is um, a beautiful, beautiful uh, part of America that a lot of people don't get to see. Um, but so, have you been to Akita, Alaska, before? Akita, that's on the Aleutians. Yeah. Um, I haven't been out there. I have been in Bristol Bay, okay. and I fished there for a few seasons. Why do you ask, Joanna? Oh, it's on my list of places uh, to okay. live. All right, I've never heard of it. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, uh, I, you won't regret any, a trip made to Alaska. I'll just plug Alaska yeah. right there. I mean, it's a, a absolutely stunning Alaska place. Frontier. So you, Truly. <laughs> you go four to five weeks in the summer every year. Four wow. to six, uh-huh. yeah. Um, the season is very short for um, what I fish. Uh, there are guys who fish there year-round. Of course, you've seen them on TV. I'm not one of those guys. Right, so um, you're not one of those on, what is it, the Discovery Network? Where, uh, what, what, what is it, Wildest Catch? Yeah, 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 something like Deadliest that. Okay, catch. So Deadliest, Deadliest Catch. catch. Yeah. So but, it's not like that. Okay. No, no. When the weather gets really crummy, we're not all hopped up on meth and we don't stay out there <laughs> and like, you know, f- to make an extra $10,000 or whatever. Right, like right. we know a storm's coming. We're like chilling out yeah. somewhere. Okay. So. Having a good time. Uh, but no, so that would be wild. Salmon is a wild resource. There is farm raised salmon, um, which by and large is, uh, not a good option it's uh, if, not if it really is not farm-raised salmon it's it's expensive I mean, at uh, my, my local grocery store <laughs> it's, and funny. it's not there, good there is expensive farm-raised salmon i'll tell you why the well god that's a long i don't want to get on that rabbit hole either right. but farm-raised salmon let's just say bad okay um, <laughs> there are a lot of reasons for that uh, antibiotics they're fed um environmentally terrible they are a danger to wild uh, salmon stocks again that's huh. another another form of salmon that's like a monocrop you know if they get a disease and that happened this year that's why it's so expensive they got sea lice and they're since it's so um they're not very genetically diverse it's spread to um salmon farms all over the globe and kind of wiped out a, like maybe a third wow. of the farmed salmon crop it's pretty disgusting i'm sure a lot of that made it to your local grocery store though still uh, and then recently, um, a whole bunch of farm salmon escaped in Northern California, and they will outcompete uh, local wild salmon for food. They'll breed with them, creating. So, um, how do they fish. escape? I mean, just logistically, so you got to farm, and then yeah, if you yeah, I can talk a little bit about yeah. that. So they farm them a lot of times in just big nets, basically okay. floating nets. Um, you know, and they swim around in their own. Uh, excrement mm-hmm. um, and they basically swim around in these nets until they're uh, 
you know, big enough to harvest and they grow extremely fast and things that grow extremely fast tend to have, let's just say are, are not as healthy as okay. something that grows at a natural pace. Um, uh, growing fast is like something you could attribute to cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is, isn't good for an animal. It's not healthy or good for them. Which but anyways, makes, that would make sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. A lot of our like cows and pigs and sure, things like that thing. are bred to do the same thing. But, uh, uh wild fish, fantastic for you. Um, Obviously, no human, unhealthy human inputs like uh, antibiotics or dye, which is what you get in farm-raised salmon as well. They D-Y-E. Color it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it tastes great. Um, it is a little more expensive, uh, but I tell people, you know, if you're going to spend money on something, spend it on something that's actually going to have a measurable effect on your health, you know, and if you're going to spend money on clothes or whatever, that's where you should, you know, go to Walmart or what, right. and, although you can shop ethically for clothes too. We sure. probably shouldn't go down that route. But, um, <laughs> I, no, I, I if agree. I had to make a decision with my budget, what, what I was going to spend it on, it would be on good food. Um, cause that's definitely going to have the longest term benefits. Well, I like what you said. I mean, you know, spending in, in money on the front end instead of having to spend it on the back end exactly. when you get sick or, you know, being really proactive about it. Salmon is my, you guys like salmon. Salmon is my favorite, uh, f- fish. And I'm a little terrified of what I'm buying now because I <laughs> have not gone to well, you cold can, country salmon, uh, yet. Where, um, where can people get cold country salmon? Well, uh, you know, primarily we sell at local farmers markets. Mm-hmm. So in Arlington, for example, we'd be at the courthouse farmers market. Um, we're at the Marymount farmers market, mm-hmm. Falls Church. We're at the Falls Church farmers market. We're in D.C. at a couple places, Palisades um, and Glover Park and Cleveland Park. We're in uh, Manassas at the old historic Manassas farmers market. Uh, we do Springfield. Um, we do Charlottesville if you're a Charlottesville listener. Mm-hmm. Um we are, we do do a little bit of shipping, um, and we're actually revamping our website right now to take orders online and then do uh, delivery as well. But uh, primarily we're at local farmers markets and you can find out more about those at uh, coldcountrysalmon.com. So, uh, I think you mostly explained it, why it's a little bit more expensive, but I assume it's more expensive because, you know, you have to go to Alaska. That sounds expensive to me. And, you know, pay fisher men or fisher Zach people or you, you know, well, again, yourself. you know, just, uh, like locally small scale farmed anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that the salmon is farmed, but I think I just want to talk about the why things at the farmer's markets are a little bit more expensive right. in general. They're not subsidized. You are, you know, basically your tax dollars aren't going to subsidize these people. So they're growing at their own expense, you know, using their own, uh, funds borrowing maybe from a bank, uh, you know, I, I tend to use, um, you know, at the beginning of the, the season, I have to, uh, spend a lot of money to get ready for the season, securing, uh, inventory, things like that. So I don't go to the government for a handout like, right. these, you know, corn and soy and large scale producers have the uh, option of doing. So yeah, things are going to be expensive for that reason. And then yeah, wild food, definitely harder to get, you know, it's not just sitting there in a net getting big <laughs> right in front of your face. You got to go out and get it. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that, you know, getting a boat, uh, permits are extremely expensive. Um, getting equipment, making repairs, you know, all those little things add up. Um, and I luckily don't have to own a boat. I actually fish on as a crewman on my cousin's boat this year. And I fished with a set netting crew the last few years. Um, so in that sense, I'm more responsible. You know, I'm out there catching it and then we set aside, we process and set aside fish for me. And then I have to work out how to get it here, which is, can be costly. Um, and we've worked that out pretty well. You fly it in or boat. I mean, we actually, so we'll rent space, you know, with a trucking company Mm -hmm. and uh, they use freezer trucks and they'll get it here. Um, if it's something like special and small scale and only available for a short period of time, we'll we'll use Alaska air or something to fly it here. Yeah. So like how long would it, so you catch the fish and, and how long does this stuff stay, stay good? Well, that's a great question. So a lot of people think fresh fish is something you buy that's not frozen at the grocery store. Right. Generally that's the opposite of fresh fish, fresh fish. For one, when you go to the grocery store, if you're getting something that came from anywhere other than uh, the Chesapeake should, you should try to buy it frozen. Frozen is generally for us. It's done the day it's caught. Um, it's vac seal. We blast them to minus 65 degrees and they stay frozen in a minus 20 degree env- environment. And that 
basically freezes it in time. It'll be like the day it was caught for up to a year. Um, and even past a year, it's still going to be fine. Uh, but we, te- uh, I, I probably have never had a fish that lasted a year because we sell it and we eat it. Sure. But it will last a year in your freezer. Um, what if it's as previously frozen when you're at the grocery store? That just means it was thought, it was thought out. Um, and, and how you, so what sets like my fish apart from what you would get at the grocery store is a, how it was treated when it was caught, you know, we're bleeding, pressure bleeding them. And these are fishing terms you might not know, but just trust me. Okay. <laughs> and then you're flaying them on the boat. Um, we're freezing them the same day. We're doing very short runs. Um, whereas in commercial fishing, they could be unfrozen for up to two weeks on the boat and an ice slurry. They might not get pressure bled. Uh, and then grocery stores thaw them out, which is terrible. You don't know how long it's been sitting on that that shelf, uh, thawed out, you know, and a uh, you know exposed to air. All of which um, are are bad. And you know, I'm I'm guessing that, that you want to eat that fish within 24 hours of defrosting it. Yeah, that's ideal. Um, if it's still like for my fish, it's vac sealed in these beautiful bags. Uh, it'll <laughs> last up to three days. But yeah, generally, as soon as a fish is thawed out, it starts to break down. Um, this particularly, you know, for frozen fish. So buying a thought out piece of fish is, is you're just gambling and, and, you know, probably six out of 10 times, you're going to get a pretty bad piece of fish, which is why a lot of people think they don't like fish, but that's because they haven't had a really good piece of fresh frozen fish. All right. I'm going to get to what I ate yesterday and I don't read labels. <laughs> I don't read labels when I pick up what I eat. Should I be really reading these labels? Well, and what do they that, mean? That is a great question. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of food labels that mean absolutely nothing, but they sound good. Um, yeah. like all natural means nothing. Mm, um, okay. Uh, you know, Cheetos are all natural according to the <laughs> FDA, uh, local, a lot of times labels on, um, on products you get at the grocery store, will say local, local is kind of, it's unregulated means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, pastured. That means that they, you know, for a chicken, a pasture chicken, it just has to have access to like a square foot of grass, which they never go out in because they tend to flock together. Um, So pastured means nothing. Cage free generally means nothing. Grass fed generally means nothing. Really? Yep. Um, Now you can, there, I'm sure there are companies out there that are doing truly grass started and finished beef and you can find that. Um, But don't just think because your local grocery store has something that has a grass fed stamp on it, you're getting grass fed. It really doesn't mean anything. Now, there are labels that do mean stuff. Certified organic, of course. Everybody knows that one. Although certified organic um, is done on such a large scale now that it's it's still kind of can be pretty bad for the environment. But you're getting a probably a better piece of fruit or veg than if you got a not, uh, more conventionally farmed one. Um, Non-GMO certified. Certified humane, which is a really important one to me. Um, I would encourage people to look into how animals are factory farmed. Mm-hmm. You might become a, a, a vegetarian after that, but there is certified humanely raised food out there for seafood, MSC certified. That's the Marine Stewardship Council. Um, they have a pretty strong certification process. Um, and if you're concerned about the restaurant you're eating at, there's a great uh, certification body out there. It's called uh, Real Food. And I know because they certified my catering company and they're super stringent. Um, they, it's the real deal. They actually go in, they look at your um, invoices and they check in every six months to make sure you're still, you know, up to par, but that's a good one for restaurants. Um, but nothing beats meeting the person who actually produced your food, whether it be okay. your fisherman, your um, farmer, your baker, uh, your coffee roaster, whatever. And that's kind of what, that's why farmer's markets are so great. Cause it brings, you know, the consumer and the producer together and it makes that that producer beholden to the consumer, you know, cause they want that person to come back. They're, they're going to be competing on quality rather than costs, which is what you do in a industrial food environment. Wow. Um, you've frightened me, but <laughs> oh, I'm going to throw, I'm going to th- <laughs> throw caution in the wind and tell you what I ate yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Can we guess how many Twinkies? I'm not. Joanna, so what's I'm your not, guess? I'm not a, I'm not a junk you? food, you know, but now I think I am a junk food eater. <laughs> now that you've kind of helped me define better. Um, no Twinkies, but I woke up, had some oatmeal, which I think is fine. Like, you know, probably uh, your generic oatmeal that you'd get at a, at a store, you know, he- heated up. and. Um, you don't grow your own oats? No, I don't oh. grow my own oats. So... Chai, your meal. chai tea latte, um, which uh, skim milk, which was, um, it says it's pasteurized. Skim milk. Um, which, I don't know, I, where can I get, you You have cows that you get your milk from? I mean. <laughs> there are a lot of like milk co-ops in Virginia. Okay. Um, I, that deliver. I, 
You know, I would just say find the best milk you can. I, I the the milk co-op didn't work out for us because because okay. kids kind of go through a lot of milk. Right. Um, so it was just too much stress to okay. keep going out there to get milk. So I just get the best milk I can. At, okay. You know, at your big grocery store. Yeah, okay. Exactly. All right. So now my lunch is where I'm kind of concerned. So uh, for a <laughs> snack, I had um, some barbecue peanuts with a cracker um, uh, outside. <laughs> the, the, it had a a peanut. Uh, with a cracker uh, covered uh, outside with uh, barbecue sauce on the outside. Um, what? Yeah, yeah it's what does it's that it's, mean? it's from 7-Eleven. Oh, so okay, so <laughs> yeah. we yeah nice. So uh, uh, and then a Slim Jim probably what, Slim Jim's. What are those? What are those? Uh, barbecue peanuts with the cracker on it. Did the label say organic? <laughs> no, definitely not. Virginia peanut? Uh, no, definitely oh. not. Uh, Slim Jim, probably. Uh, I could do without the Slim Jim. You eat Slim Jims? Yeah, I, I do. I uh, always wondered who eats Slim Jims. <laughs> um, I don't even need to need to comment on um, uh-huh. uh, from him on those because uh-huh. uh, the, the look said it all. Um, <laughs> the uh, next thing I had was the turkey from my local grocery store, but it. It didn't have a lot of rainbows in the meat, but it had some of that rainbow-ish because it's it, you can keep that turkey longer, you know. But that's probably not good. Farley, that ambulance is coming for you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, longer shelf life. Yeah, generally means okay. More processed. What, what, so it. it's just processed turkey. That's why it's got the rainbow-ish. It, like yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. You All know right. that um, my dog doesn't eat processed lunch meat. Really, I feel like my if dog. a dog won't eat it, my my dog does not <laughs> discern between that. For sure. Yeah, but your dog also eats running shoes. Yeah, that's that's true. All right, uh, so probably need to change it, running change shoes. up my my deli meat. What can what kind of because I do eat deli meat, deli turkey every day. What what's where do I get good choices for that? You know your your farmer's market is generally going to have somebody there selling turkey breast. Okay, you know, you all can, right, there you go. You can roast it. Okay, <laughs> you can smoke. Perfect. It. Um, yeah. All right. I like that option. Um, There's organic. Then, then I had two Diet Cokes. Oh. Uh, they're probably not good. Um, also from 7-Eleven. I need to Diet. probably just cut out 7-Eleven. <laughs> Do you drink soda at all? No. 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 Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Okay. Delivery vehicle so, for so, harm to your body. Ever. All right. So probably one is not good. Two, definitely really not good. Uh, then for dinner, I felt like I was good on dinner. I had mm-hmm. spaghetti um, with uh, grass-fed beef. Which uh, now I'm learning, probably, <laughs> probably not what I was hoping. It was wasn't as good as I was hoping. Why? Why not? Why? It, gra- c- it could have been. I'm okay. just what what I what I'm telling you is those labels don't necessarily mean anything. Okay. Um, be, because larger companies have geared them so that they can get under the wire by doing the bare minimum. Mm. So you okay. can get, there's good grass-fed okay. beef at the grocery right. store. So you I, probably got that. I got the good grass-fed <laughs> beef. Thank you. Finally, some some positive reinforcement on my uh, meals yesterday. Uh, and then I had a, a, some spinach um, in that uh, uh, pasta. And then I had yogurt, a Dan and yogurt for dessert. Hmm. Probably not the best choice. There's probably better choices for yogurt, but that's what I had. Yeah, you can get the there. Amish yogurt. I think there should you guys should have a fourth person on this podcast, and it should be a nutritionist. <laughs> yes, I know. Really so I know works with, with Farley. Uh, I know you're not oh, a nutritionist. Farley, Farley is the one who's putting himself out there, but he is not the only one who needs a nutritionist <laughs> to help out. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. I think the table is like very well divided. Like I'm not going to say I'm at Zach's level, but I feel yeah. like this this side is eats differently than that so side. you are a v- mostly vegetarian right joanna yeah i mean would you recommend going that route zach i mean again you're not a nutritionist i'm just from your experiences guy and who's in the food industry i think you know people have to kind of tailor uh, you know what's going to work for them um i know for for me uh and our family we, we eat meat and unapologetically you know so i just try <laughs> to make sure it's humanely raised and, mm-hmm. and it's um you know, high quality. Uh, I don't have any sort of ethical reservations about eating meat um, or health ones for that matter. I think we could eat a lot less meat than your typical American does though. Um, you know, I won't go into that, but but we eat too much meat. I probably eat a little too much meat, but that's because I raise it. Right. Sure. Um, so Zach, before we get you out of here, what do you, what do you think the long term? this is, I am concerned having a, you know, one-year-old son, what is the long-term effect of all this processed food, in your opinion? 
Well, I mean, you all you got to do is look around to see it. Mm. Um, we're an obese country, right. um, and we have serious health issues. Um, you know, I think Arlington. We probably do. we got pacers here. We got a lot of runners sure. and healthy people. But generally, if you travel through Middle America or or you know areas outside of ultra wealthy enclaves like Northern Virginia, people tend to be obese, and it's because they're eating cheap processed food yeah. and drinking soda and drinking, <laughs> and oh, drinking God, soda. soda. <laughs> go there. All right, yeah, I shouldn't have mentioned that, but mm-hmm. all right, uh, that, I think that is a great message, not only for runners but just for for life in general. Because I I don't think we have enough data out there with all the processed stuff that is in the world today and the fast eating and quick this quick that to really know where we're going to go. But I, I do agree with you. Um, and I think that we can all agree that, uh, you know, eating, uh, ethically, you know, raised food and not processed and wild food and all that stuff that's sustainable makes a big difference. Um, my, my, my grandmother, you know, lived on a farm until she was 99. And, you know, who knows, would she have lived to 99, you know, if, if she ate, she, she never ate, she ate exactly what Zach's eating. Would she have lived that long without, I don't know. Zach, you're going to live till 99. I'm 96. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, you look, yeah, you look great. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Zach. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really cool insight. A little bit different from our regular, uh, you know, guests and different topic, but uh, a really important topic. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes. That's Zach Culberson. He is of Cold Country Salmon and Heartwood Farms. Of course, you can go to his website. It's coldcountrysalmon.com to get all the best food. And he brought some salmon. We're going to get into the salmon. Um, nice. Maybe we can cook it up now so it doesn't need to be cooked dude it's it's uh, oh, smoked just, salmon oh it's already okay. eat straight all right. like that all right that's zach culberson he joined us here in pace nation we're going to take a quick break stay with us all right welcome back to the program and thanks again to zach culberson for joining us today on the program he you know he has a t in his name right Colbertson. Yeah. Colbertson. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought it was Zacked. <laughs> uh, he is, of course, of Cold Country Salmon, and we are chowing down on some of his salmon he left. It's smoked salmon, Father. Yeah, so I didn't need to um, actually cook it. No. It's already been smoked. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. It's so good. It's so good. Way better than the Slim Jim I had yesterday. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, so I'll be checking him. Right, Docs, you, you do some stuff with Zach, right? Yeah. Can- actually, uh, coincidentally, uh, Zach works for me and I work for Zach. <laughs> can we're you, we're can each you, other's boss. Can we see you at a uh, farmer's market on the weekend? Mm-hmm. Not Yes. Not can you this plug weekend. That? Not can, this weekend. Okay. And When's the next time we can buy salmon from Docs at a farmer's market? October 14th, but I won't okay. know what, uh, which, which, when this comes out, will be this weekend. But I don't know which market I'm going to be working at. Okay. Well, when when you, you just have to go to all of them that he named, and then one of the times <laughs> it, you'll see me. Well, uh, it's worth the trip, even just to go to all of them and find where you are. That <laughs> stuff is good, man. Yeah. Uh, so great to have him on the show. A little different, but I thought it was uh, really important, good stuff that he uh, we talked about with Zach. All right. Um, a couple quick ones from me. Uh, I brought up a topic. Uh, about London, I wanted to uh, run by you guys. Oh, I thought this was about dogs in general. It's about no, your it's dog. It's about my dog. Mm. Of course, I, I teased it to saying dogs, but of course, mm-hmm. it's about me. Mm. Um, every night now, about three thirty, four a.m., London uh. is crying in her crate and needs to go outside. Is that? Do you have to get up with Luigi every night? No. Joanna's no. already like two hours into her day at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> That's probably true. So no. The answer is no. I wonder if other dog owners have to get up every single night. And the problem with getting when up every night. When do you take her out before you go to sleep? Right when we go to bed about 10. So take her out right before going to bed at 10. And I would think she'd be able to get through the night, but every night. And the problem I have. For, for how long has this been? It's been for at least three weeks now. Okay. And the problem I have is that. Once I'm up about 3.30 or 4, mm-hmm. I generally don't get back to sleep. I know. James will wake up about 6.30. So, I, you know, I'm up. And, you know, 
Julie would probably argue that I look like I'm asleep, but it's not. I'm not asleep. Mm-hmm. I've got my Garmin watch that shows that I'm not actually <laughs> sleeping on the data, so I am not sleeping. So the take dog, that, Julie. A dog gets up, and I guess my question is: is should we share that responsibility? Should Julie have to take the dog sometime? I can't believe that's your question. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, she gets up with the kid when the kid, but the kid doesn't get up anymore. Uh-huh. So she it sounds like up, she made a better deal than you. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets up with the kid at 6.30, and I, you know, kind of am asleep you just, you just told us your watch I'm says not you're asleep. not. I'm not asleep, but I'm uh-huh. kind of resting in bed until yeah. 7. So she gets that 30 minutes, but... Mm-hmm. I think I think sharing that responsibility um, is only fair. This is not a dog question. <laughs> yeah, this is a relationship question. Uh, yeah. Have you talked to Julie about this yet, or is this how nah, she would find out? I know it? how she's going to react when I ask her <laughs> to share this responsibility. Uh, my question is, is, do other people's dogs get up? And, and I, I guess I just morphed it into that question. Why don't you, I, I, I don't know. want you guys to be relationship. Uh, I'm not going to touch this answer. <laughs> what, Crazy? But, but other people's dogs, do they get up every single night? Is that a thing? Not- I've never had a dog for my first dog. That's my question. Uh, Luigi used to get up early, but at the time it was just me. So I did have to take him out at 3.30 every time that he wanted to get up. Mm. But then he kind of just outgrew that. And now he gets up whenever I get up. Right. I think London should have outgrown it. Does Luigi sleep in a crate or no? No. Sleeps on your bed or, or he in has, your room? He has his own very nice bed that but he, he sleeps sleep in. On. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we put London in the in the crate. Maybe if I put her on her bed, but she'll rip up the house if I, <laughs> if I leave her. Um, all right. Well, if you um, if you have any you know thoughts but, on that or yeah, well, answers I, for me, tweet me at... Uh, at Pace the Nation. Why don't you either talk to your vet mm-hmm. uh, or a less uh, good idea, Google it. Oh, okay. Maybe, I, maybe I'll Google you know? it. Right. Uh, not a bad and, idea. And Google the question about your dog getting up in the middle of the night, not the what Share should you say. Share the responsibility. All right. The second one would probably yield uh, – Pretty good advice mo- too. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we'll move on from that topic. I, I I feel like I have one question and then I start going riffing mm-hmm. because I get passionate about something. But uh, and and then it ultimately gets down to it's not fair that you didn't get to have uh, gambling on <laughs> Father's Day. <laughs> right. Uh, so running related, another one for me. I, uh-huh. a re- revelation. I said um, last Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, the uh, Redskins weren't playing, and we're t- here we are talking Washington about football. Football, football again on this program. Mm-hmm. Um, Redskins not playing. Washington they football had the, team. They had the uh, Monday night game, so I went for a run during the day, and I was really interested in the Rams Cowboys game. So I have I won't mention the uh, phone um, service's name because they don't advertise. No, with they us, don't. But, but I have a certain phone service that allows you to watch nfl games on your phone Mm -hmm. and what i realized that there is so little action in an actual football game thank you thank you you can actually go for a run with your phone in hand and i can basically watch the game while i'm running on streets (laughs) yeah well on streets i mean it was on the 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 wnd trail i mean so it's you know, you can literally you're watch. Gonna, you're still going to, like, wander in front of a bike. Yeah. No, no, you can have the earphones in, and you can hear the announcers talking. <laughs> you yeah, just have so to you... pay attention to the world around you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I've found something that's multitasking. I feel like I've found something there's that... No, there's no such thing as multitasking. How can we sell this? How can we sell this? You can watch football while you're out on enjoying an afternoon run. It's generally when I see people out on Sundays, guys out on Sundays, well, I, you know, Sexist alert. Yeah, here we go. I'm thinking, what are you, how are you not watching NFL football? Who are you? Like, they're going about their day. They're doing things like, I don't know, going to the zoo or something like that. But, but how do you see them at the zoo on a Sunday? <laughs> well, I'm on a run watching them, running by the uh-huh. zoo, watching football on my phone. Mm-hmm. But I can watch <laughs> football on my phone on a run. And do you know how li- – the point is, you know how little – action there actually is yes that's why i told it's you it's incredible if, if you if you dvr a football game go for a run and come back 
you can knock out that football game in like less than an hour. Yeah, you're probably right, with, but I don't have the, the fast forwarding. You, you do need to be a skilled fast forwarder, right? And that that is a skill set. And and Farley, I will tell you, it's one of my pet peeves when I'm at somebody's house and we're watching a recorded show or a sporting event, and they're not a skilled fast forwarder. Fast forwarder. <laughs> yes, it's so frustrating. But yeah. you could you could watch games that way. Uh, and to your point about like going for a run during football games, mm-hmm. uh, to, when I do that and when I'm finished, I actually feel like I've accomplished more. I'm like, not only did I just get a nice long run in, I didn't waste my time watching uh, two teams I don't care about. Yeah, yeah. I, I think <laughs> I think you're onto something. I think I don't know. It was a revelation for me. I think you'll mm-hmm. see me out there on Sundays with phone in hand, um, watching watching the game. So everybody, if you, if if there's an NFL game on, be <laughs> extra careful on the on the uh, on the trail, because yeah. there's a very good chance that Farley's <laughs> going to run into you. Yeah. Uh, quick be. question. So I I guess this means that your your knee uh is yeah. is uh feeling better it's feeling better um uh-huh. and i'm i'm excited that i'm i'm on track to run uh the uh, philadelphia marathon november 19th Ooh. um so that's gonna be uh, my attempt at the uh sub three hour marathon no asterisk needed um how's you guys running going pretty good thanks yeah yeah he seems more way more passionate about docs in 2020 than his running again <laughs> i mentioned that before joanna you're sort of the same um yeah, lukewarm. haven't haven't been running yeah. in uh, I don't know ten days. Ten days. Remember wow. when you streaked for a whole year? Yeah. Ten days. What's what's going on? Everything. All right. Running career is over. All right. We're, we maybe we need a deeper dive <laughs> uh, when we have more than two or three minutes left in the program. Um, uh, well. So that means you're out for the Philly Marathon. Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's disappointing. Well, what about uh, running onto a baseball field? Is that an option? Uh, Playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to rule that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> got to get your workouts in, though, Joanna. You got to be committed if that's if that's your plan. Okay. I got to get those fast twitch mm-hmm. muscles that's moving. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll have to dive deeper into both your runnings. Uh, running... Uh, situations on a, on a future program. My my running, I mean, you know, like I I told you, my back was a, a problem yeah. recently, but I'm 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 completely healthy, so I'm 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 getting out there and I'm doing it. Uh, it's it's a cycle, yeah, that that I get into, but but uh, I'm trying to get back into shape. So it's well, going, it's going. Well, I'll tell you, a guy who's in shape uh, is the new UVA president. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this is uh, it me this uh new uva president is name is jim ryan no not, no the jim not ryan? the not that jim ryan oh. i think it's spelled differently mm-hmm. uh but this guy when he was 47 i don't think he's much older than 47 ran a 248 marathon do you do you under, this guy is the president of the best university in the world? Okay, and he the ran, best public university in the country. And he ran a two forty eight marathon at forty seven. Now that was a good hire. You mm-hmm. gotta have, you gotta admit. Yeah, are you are you way kind to go of, Virginia government on that? Are you kind of smarting that uh, Pacers didn't snatch him up first? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am. That's too bad. We that he guy just, just got through away. the cracks. <laughs> he just got away. Uh, for people interested in applying to Pacers, especially work for me, you do not have to run a no, two forty eight marathon. No, and that's not a criteria. <laughs> for, I thought he ran a two forty seven. Two forty seven. Yeah. Yeah, Joanna. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It was two forty eight. It was two forty eight. Mm. He's forty seven years old. Oh, okay, I'm yeah. getting my forties yeah, mixed up. Yeah. So very impressive. That's under a six thirty per mile marathon. I would have been more impressed if he ran wow. a two forty seven. All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we are, of course, still hiring uh, for all our D.C. stores. Go to runpacers.com, uh, and you can find information there. You can also email uh, tara at runpacers.com. We also have a store in Princeton, 7 Palmer Square, if you're up in New Jersey. Uh, Chris, I wanted to bring up one other thing. Okay. Um, I get emails every week. And I don't know if I brought this up before, but I get emails um, that are to the SoundCloud account, okay, uh, which is where we post the the uh, podcast every week, and they're from music producers, <laughs> really, who who say like, uh, "Hey, I listened to your song." Um, 
episode 124 uh like wow it's it's really cool uh give me a call we should work something out they like the intro song no Oh, well, okay. I mean that's a possibility, okay. but but I think that these are more like uh, oh, they're uh, just fishing for something. Yeah, they okay. they like they, it's a it's a, a, a robot that, right. that goes in and says, oh, this artist has posted this thing, so they're I'm fishing gonna... for money, not salmon. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was disappointed. I was hoping hoping they. I do. I think that's you know that that our intro song is catchy. Yeah, but it was not written by us. It was written by a music producer. That's, right. <laughs> that's a good point. So he doesn't need the right. uh, another music producer to to uh, right. uh, take his money. Um, but I just think it's I think it's uh, really funny that that we keep getting these emails like that because ninety nine percent of the stuff on SoundCloud is. Uh, music that that artists are putting there, but it also makes me feel bad because the the amount of these that we get that are not genuine, that you wonder like somebody who's really putting themselves out there uh, is probably also getting these things, and and it, there's there's enough volume of it that the, that it's probably working that yeah you know these people, people are just so excited they're yeah. they're putting their music out there. oh wow yeah. somebody is actually yeah I get that um, I get that when. Uh, we get any f- sort of feedback on the show, and then I realize it's the same three people all the time. <laughs> it's like womp womp, womp. but uh, which is cool. Yeah, no offense, uh, Caitlin K, Michael P. Miller, Kevin King, Satya. I mean, Ooh, yeah, so we're, we're up to four. There's more. <laughs> yeah, there's um, more yeah, but but anyway, I mean, long story short, I, I did sign with a. Well, I did sign with a, a record producer. He only wanted twelve thousand dollars to get things rolling. <laughs> oh, so good. Since it's equal thirds, if you guys could write me a check for four grand, I'd appreciate it. Consider it done. Good show, guys. Episode 125 in the books. Thanks again to Zach Colbertson for joining us. He, of course, is from Cold Country Salmon and Heartwood Farms. You can check him out, coldcountrysalmon.com. Thanks to our executive producer, Kathy Dalby. Thanks to Joanna E. Russo. Thanks to Wayme Doxson. Thanks to you, the listener. I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace Nation. We will see you next week. The amazing thing to me is how many people will get halfway down this road and then do a U-turn over these double yellow lines and pull in front of traffic to do a U-turn, to do an illegal U-turn. Mm-hmm. It happens almost to get every a week. Place? Yeah. No, not to get a parking place. Like they'll be they'll be going this Which way. Is to turn around. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, they're just frantic and lost. And and they and they turn they turn into oncoming traffic. And you hear the horns and everything like that. It's it's uh, amazing. This woman is trying to park her bike in a parking spot. That's pretty cool, too. Joanna put the fish in the middle of the table.